One of the things you need to learn in your relationship is how to soothe your partner. There are going to be things that you cannot change about the world. There are going to be things that you cannot change about your character, about the nature of your relationship. And dealing with those hard realities can be difficult. And learning to soothe and help your partner soothe through those challenges is a core tool that you need to develop. And I'm going to show you different things you can do right now uh, to start putting that into practice. You're listening to the Relationship Revival Podcast with John DeBach, also known as Mr. Spirituality. That's me. I'm your host giving you insights and guidance from over 10 years in the field of this amazing journey we call romance. On this show, I go over everything you need to know about how to get into a relationship, how to get the most out of a relationship, and sometimes even how to gracefully end a relationship without pulling your hair out and going crazy. And occasionally, I'm even joined by new and old friends who are also relationship experts to bring you guidance and wisdom with new perspectives. Thanks for stopping by. When it comes to relationships, one of the most important things we can do for our partner is provide them with emotional support and comfort. This takes and can take many, many, many forms, such as listening attentively to them, offering words of encouragement, or simply being present and supportive. We're going to explore today the importance of soothing your romantic partner and how you can do this in a way that's meaningful and supportive and elevates your relationship to a new level. You want, if you don't know this already, you desperately should want to be looked at as that safe space for your partner. You want to, you want to be that haven where they come to you when things go bad. One of the things I tell people is that a dynamic in your relationship has a serious shift. The dynamic in your relationship will take a serious sharp right turn when you go from being needy in a relationship to needed. When you're needy, it is a burden. When you're needed, it is a huge, huge pleasure to be in a relationship. The more you give and the more you realize you want to be needed in a relationship and you crave the feeling of being needed and, and having a role in the relationship and embracing that, the more you will get out of that relationship. It's why parents get so much more out of the relationship with their children than the children get. Ask any parent, any normal, healthy parent that has a decent relationship with their kids. Being a parent's the most meaningful thing in their life, usually. Ask a kid how important it is to be a child to their parent. It doesn't even register. It's just a given. Even when you get to be in your 50s and 60s, your perspective of how much of a pain in the ass you were as a kid changes because you become a parent and you realize, oh my God, I could have done so many things differently. But... It still doesn't change the relationship you have. I'm so much more appreciative of everything my parents did for me, but I can't go relive that now. I just have to verbally tell them, man, <laughs> I'm starting to see it. And that's, the, that's when they go, yeah, that's the way it works. Same thing happened to them. 
they started seeing their relationship with their parents change as they became parents. So it's important to understand that relationships are an emotional journey. We all need support and we all need comfort at different times. Sometimes there are small setbacks and sometimes there are major crises, right? Our partner is and should be the first person that we turn to for support and comfort. When we feel overwhelmed, when we feel upset, when we feel depressed, when we feel frustrated or anxious, we want to know that our partner is there for us and that they care about how we feel, that they give a crap. That's part of the job. And soothing your partner could take many forms. The specific approach is going to depend on the needs of your partner and the situation at hand. So I'm going to give you a few examples, a few different ways you can provide emotional support and comfort to your partner. And hopefully, if you know your partner well, some of these are going to resonate with you right away. You're going to say, I could do a better job at doing that. Or I do that and that really is effective. I need to keep that in mind for the next time there's an, there's an issue and bring that up sooner or more effectively, whatever it is. The first one is actively listening or active listening. This is a term you're going to hear in just about every single therapeutic modality. There's listening and then there's active listening. Are you really paying attention, right? We might not have, you might not have heard that term active listening before if you're new to this world, but you know, are you listening or are you really listening? That everybody's, everybody's had that experience. Everybody over the age of seven knows what it's like when someone's kind of paying attention and someone's really involved in the conversation. Actively listening is a powerful tool and it is a tool that can help you improve communication. It can deepen the connection between romantic partners. It involves giving your full attention to your partner, basically. You got to focus on what they're saying and how they're feeling and showing them that you're listening and that you care about what they have to say. Remember, 90% of how we communicate is nonverbal. So active listening doesn't just mean hearing. It means looking at the body, body language, looking at the facial expressions, seeing what the person is trying to communicate. Now, why is it so important in a romantic relationship? So when it comes to relationships, communication's key, but it's not just about talking and expressing our own thoughts and feelings. That's a one-way street. It's also about truly listening to and understanding our partner. Active listening is one of the first steps that you need to do that. It helps us by giving us the tools to fully engage with our partner and then show them that we're paying attention and care about what they have to say. It's a key part of understanding who your partner is, not just today, but who they are becoming. We change as people. Nobody stays the same person over 20 years, 30 years, 50 years. It doesn't happen. The things that happen to you, the major things, the small things, they have an impact. And the person you marry will not be the same person 20 years from now. 
It's just not going to happen. And if you don't learn how to listen with your eyes, with your ears, you're going to miss it. As you practice active listening, you're going to improve your communication. Right? We're more likely to understand somebody's perspective and communicate effectively when we really listen. And it can also help reduce misunderstandings and conflicts, improve overall communication in the relationship. One of the best things you can learn to do when you're talking to your partner is to say the words, tell me more or say more. Or what do you mean by that? Let them keep talking. Get deeper. I cannot tell you how many times I've been in a session with somebody. And I think I know what they're saying. But just to cover my bases, I'll say something like, tell me more about that. And if I hear them saying the same thing again, or they'll say, well, there's really nothing more to tell, then I can move on. But most of the time, and I do mean most of the time, they'll give you another insight that they were holding back. Maybe because they were you know, conscientious of how much time they had left in the session or they're scared that they're boring you or they don't know that it's relevant. But most of the time, more often than not, when I tell someone, why would you say, say more about that? I'll hear something new that changes the nature of what they're telling me. Active listening also creates a deeper connection, not just keeps it at a steady pace, but actually deepens your connection because we show them they care and value their thoughts and their feelings. And that creates a sense of feeling connected. And there's a true sense of gratitude for being heard that most people have. And it increases your trust. Because we're reliable, we're trustworthy, we show up, we're safe, we're an open environment for being exposed, for being vulnerable for our partners. So it increases their trust to come back to us again and again. And when you listen and you actively listen, whether you're in the, I don't care if you do it resentfully at first, as long as you don't verbalize that you're resentful your brain's going to switch at a certain point. And because you have nothing else to do, you have nothing else to do if you actively listen and you actively listen, eventually you're not just going to keep singing some stupid song in your head. Your brain's going to look for an activity and the easiest activity is to grow your empathy. So what is, what is the technique of actively listening? Pretty simple. Put away distractions. So don't play on your cell phone. Don't go on your computer. Focus on what they're saying. That's number one. Number two, look at your partner. Eye contact is huge. Shows you're paying attention. Shows you're engaged. Number three, show that you're listening. Use body language. Use verbal cues to show your partner that you're listening and you're engaged. Touch their shoulder. Nod your head. Make small sounds of understanding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh. Right? Agree with them. Like, oh, ask clarifying questions. Number four, reflect back to them. After they're finished speaking, repeat in a, a brief way, in a summary, what they said to make sure you heard it right. 
sometimes you'll find that you didn't and it'll give <laughs> it'll give them an opportunity to clarify and then the last step this is number 5 is to practice empathy so try to put yourself in your partner's shoes try to understand their perspective it could help you develop a sense of empathy and that creates a deeper connection with your partner other than active listening you can also validate your partner's feelings validation is an important aspect of any healthy and supportive relationship and it's especially important in a romantic relationship validation involves acknowledging and accepting your partner's feelings even if you don't fully understand or agree with them it's a way of showing your partner that you care about how they feel and that you're there for them even when you disagree with them. Because it's easy to care about somebody when you agree with everything. But what happens when you guys are on different pages? That's the opportunity. That's that moment in your relationship where you can show just how committed you are to them. Where just even though you completely disagree with their perspective, you still, you still care about how they feel even when you think they're wrong so why is it such an important part of a romantic relationship it helps create a sense of trust and understanding between your partners when we validate our partner's feelings we show them that we care about how they feel and that we're there for them it creates a sense of safety it creates a sense of security in the relationship and it fosters greater emotional intimacy and connection so how do you validate your partner's feelings in a romantic relationship i'll give you a couple tips okay just a couple tips there are many ways to do it you're going to find it comes more naturally over time first thing though acknowledge their feelings so acknowledge and accept your partner's feelings even if you don't fully understand or agree with them and it might involve saying something like i understand why you feel that way or it makes sense that you would feel upset in this situation. And again, remember that tone is everything. You can say that line with a smirk on your face and it can become an insult. So if you're sitting there and you're listening to your husband talk about how offended he is by something your sister said, and you respond back with, well, it makes sense that you would feel upset in this situation, he's going to just go and run his fist through a wall. <laughs> if not in a, if not in reality he'll do it in his mind but if you say it with compassion you know it makes sense that you would feel upset in this situation it really does when you say it with compassion it lets your partner know that you're there for them and the second tip that i'm going to give you about validating your partner's feelings is to avoid minimizing or dismissing their feelings. Because when you dismiss something as saying you're being unreasonable or you're being oversensitive or don't make such a big deal out of it, you're invalidating their experience and you're making them feel unheard and unsupported. Now, if you're confused by it, if you're confused as to why they're so upset, that's an opportunity for you to try and 
grow some empathy through asking more questions. That's not the same. So if someone says, I'm really offended by this, and you think to yourself, that's dumb, you shouldn't be offended, right? But instead of saying that's dumb, you shouldn't be offended, you decide to take the higher road because you've listened to this podcast and you think to yourself, hmm, what what am I supposed to do here, right? Already, that's a good step. So instead of saying that's dumb, you say, you know, I'm a little confused why you're so upset. Can you explain to me again, just so I understand your point of view, because I am, I'm having a little bit of trouble seeing where you're coming from, and I want to be there for you. When you phrase it that way, you're opening a door. You're opening a door for them to show their perspective. And think, things are going to come up, and you're going to be surprised by them sometimes. I mean, I did that once with my wife. I said, "Why are you so upset?" And because it was, I, I think we were in a we were in a, a bit of a tiff, and I yelled at her, and she yelled at me, and she just shut right down in a way I hadn't seen before. And I said, "Why are you so upset?" And she said, "I'm really upset." I said, "Why?" Okay, in my mind, I'm like, "You yelled at me. I yelled at you, and that's it. It's over." Well, I don't understand. And she she came clean. She said it reminded me of my dad, and the way my dad used to yell at me. And that's a big deal. Because that, that was a huge like light bulb moment for me with her. So you gotta you got you gotta start understanding where people are coming from. Don't minimize, don't dismiss, don't invalidate their feelings. It's the exact opposite of what you should be doing. The third thing you could do, right? You can actively listen, you can validate their feelings. You could also, the third thing, offer comfort, offer support. It's an important part of a healthy relationship, a healthy marriage. It involves being there for your partner during difficult times, showing them that you care about how they feel, providing them with the emotional support they need to navigate challenges. And there are many ways you can offer comfort and support to your partner when they're upset. It might include giving them a hug, holding their hand, Just sitting there and being with them. You might offer words of encouragement to remind them of their strengths or accomplishments. You can buy them a little gift to remind them of how loved they are at home. If you're a fan of Dr. Gary Chapman's five love languages, you'll notice that those are kind of all the different love languages, and that's how you can offer comfort and support. You can offer words of encouragement. You can offer physical touch. You can offer quality time by just being there. Gifts. You can offer acts of service. You're, you had such a bad day, honey. Why don't you let me take care of making dinner or let me you know, go get your car filled up with gas or whatever it is. It's a way to be there for them. And that kind of leads me to the fourth thing you could do, which is the acts of service. Another, and That's kind of its own uh, category. Take care of practical or mundane tasks. It's a big thing when someone is going through a tough time, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, taking small, stupid, everyday tasks off their plate is a great way to offer comfort and support to your partner, right? Could be something as small as making them a cup of tea or bringing them a glass of water or a new box of tissues. When they feel like they're cared for, those little small gestures 
show your partner that you care about their well-being and that you're there for them. It's what I call the Jewish mother effect, right? Every Jewish mother, I don't care if you have a broken leg or you got diagnosed with a fatal disease or a simple common cold, they're going to make you chicken soup or matzo ball soup because it's their way of saying, I'm here. And the soup, yes, hot soup has some healing quantities, but the real magic is knowing that you're loved. That's the magic behind chicken soup, behind matzo ball soup. That's the magic behind it. And that's a big thing. The fifth thing you could do to help your partner soothe and to really kind of draw them closer to you, this is a big one, is helping your partner meditate. Meditation, if you've listened to me at all in the past, if you've ever met me, you've probably heard me talk about how powerful a tool for reducing stress, for relaxation, for uh, enlightenment um, and for soothing meditation can be especially beneficial in a romantic relationship. Usually I talk about meditation as something you do on your own, but if your partner is going through a tough time, whether it's a tough time in the relationship or something that's external to the relationship, if you learn to guide your partner through a meditation, you can help them relax. You can help them find a sense of inner peace, an inner sense of joy, and that can benefit both of you as a couple. We're going to explore the benefits of meditation and I'm going to even show you some simple things you could do with your partner to kind of guide them through that relaxation exercise uh, that we call meditation, right? As a soothing practice. When we meditate, we find a sense of inner peace and inner calm, and it helps us feel more grounded, more present in the moment. And if your partner is going through a difficult time, those are all things that help make it more bearable. So how do you do it? Number one, you want to find a quiet, comfortable space to sit or lie down. And it's important to have a space where you won't eat, you're not going to be interrupted. You're not going to be distracted. It's going to make it difficult to fully relax and focus during the meditation. If you got kids coming in the room, if the laundry's going to beep and you got to change it to the dryer in two minutes, if the, there's a fire on and you know you're, you're cooking dinner, don't do it then. Get at least, you know, 20 minutes, 30 preferably, not because the meditation is going to take that long, but because it takes a little bit of time to settle in, a little bit of time to come out of it. So if you can find a half hour, find a place where you can be alone and you're not going to be distracted. That's the first thing. Second thing is to set an actual timer. It's important to have a clear start and end time because it helps keep your mind and your partner's mind from wandering. If you don't know how long something's going to last, it's a little bit of an anxiety provoking thing, right? It's just like when you go when I don't know if you've ever noticed, but when you drive somewhere, it always feels longer than the drive home because you don't know where the place is, you're looking for it and you and that anxiety and that tension feels like a lot longer, whereas the drive home, you know exactly how to get home, so it always feels quicker. Same thing with meditation. You tell them, hey, this is going to be a 10-minute 
or a 15 minute meditation. I'm going to set a timer. They know that there's going to be a little buzz buzz. They don't have to look at the clock. They don't have to wonder about other things. It's good. It's a good practice. Number two is set a timer. Number three, encourage your partner to get comfortable. If they're most comfortable lying down with a pillow and a blanket, do that. If they want to sit in a comfortable chair with a cushion, with their feet up, fine. If they're the kind of person who really feels the most connected to themselves when they're on the floor, directly touching the floor, a little more rare, but I do have people like that. Let them do that. Let them get comfortable. And then you start the actual meditation. So the fourth part is guiding their breathing. Encourage your bar- your partner to focus on their breath. Notice the sensation of air entering and leaving their body. Get them mindful of what's going on. Uh, You could practice different breathing techniques with them, guiding them through it. A simple one is to have them breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. In through the nose and out through the mouth. It's conscious breathing and it kind of draws your attention to it so that you can't think of as much. And if you want to take it, you know, one step advance, you can even have them hold the breath as they breathe it in and then hold it before they uh, take in another breath. So in through the nose, hold, out, hold, in again, hold. That tends to have an incredible effect on relaxing the body and the mind. As your partner becomes more comfortable, step number five would be to guide them through a body scan meditation. So as their eyes are closed... You just say things like, think of the top of your head, work your way down your body. Think of, you know, bring your attention to your ears, your chin, whatever you see, right? And then you tell them, release any tension or stress there, tense the muscles up, and then let it go. Just go through step by step from the top of their head till the tips of their toes. A body scan is a great way to relax The body and the mind will typically follow. That can last as long or as short as you want. And then you might want to, step number six, if you're feeling adventurous and you really want to take it to the next level, is guide your partner through a visualization exercise. Encourage them with their eyes closed to imagine a peaceful scene like a beach or a mountain view. Encourage them to focus on the sights, the sounds, and the feelings of the scene. Allow their mind to relax. If you're creative, this is actually quite fun. It's a way you can write with your mouth. You can say, you know, imagine yourself on a on a beach, your, your toes digging into the white powder-like sand. Look at the sea, the calm, the calmness of the water, not a wave in sight birds flying overhead, the sun on your back, warming your whole body. You, you describe the scene. You describe how, how soothing and wonderful it is. And it really has an incredible impact. Finally, the last step, number seven, would be to end the meditation, taking a few more deep breaths together and slowly, slowly bring them back to the present moment. It's a little jarring, If you're doing a visualization or even just simple breathing and say, okay, wake up, you don't want to do that. Let them come to it naturally. Uh, One thing I recommend is uh, have them 
touch the fingertips of each hand to the other fingertips. So when your fingertips touch each other, that actually has a neurological impact. It's like a signal to your brain to wake up without being too traumatic. It's like the difference of having a watch that has a small vibration to wake you up versus a very loud and blaring alarm clock. It's just gentle, but it kind of wakes up the brain. So, uh, you know, breathe slowly again, fingertip touching, have them wiggle their toes and their fingers. It doesn't take a lot of energy to just wiggle uh, the toes or the fingers as opposed to just sitting up again or standing up again. Nice and easy. Uh, and, and, And hopefully you can take a moment after the meditation and notice how they feel and and share that moment with each other right you've just brought a sense of calm and relaxation into their daily life i've done this once or twice with my wife she's not huge on it i'll be honest but i've done it once or twice with my wife when she was having a hard time falling asleep and i would do kind of these guided relaxations into kind of sleep state for her and she liked it and it was uh, it was a nice really good bonding moment for us so soothing in a romantic relationship is incredibly powerful if you can make yourself that center of calmness for your partner it's only going to draw them closer to you and make them want to be around you even more and think of you as that hero that solved yet another problem ironically soothing your partner might be necessary because of a fight you had, right? There, there are different types of problems in a relationship. We talk about, in, in my practice all the time, we talk about the two types of problems, one being fixable, one being not fixable. There are certain differences in character that you guys have. Every relationship has them. Most arguments in a relationship are because of differences in character, not because of small, trivial things. And learning to accept those differences right? The fact that your partner will never likely be that type of person that you want in this particular regard, whether it's how punctual they are, how much physical activity they do, how they act with money. There's so many things that you guys could be on different pages on, but that part of your partner that you don't like will likely never change. And when you come to accept that, that's a hard moment. And that's something that you usually need to soothe yourself for. So if you see that happening in your partner and they're disappointed because they realize that the difference between the two of you is much greater and much more severe than they anticipated and that it's never going to change and they just realize that, that's a hard reality to swallow. If you could take that and say, but listen, let's do something together to soothe you. I'll help you meditate. Let's go on a walk together. I'll, you know, I'll take care of some of the laundry, whatever it is, whichever technique you choose to do that takes that moment that is a very hard edged moment and just softens it ever so much so that it eases the sting and provides an opportunity to bond and grow together in a different way where you're strengthening the positive parts of your relationship. If you're struggling in your relationship or you feel like you need a little bit of hand-holding to understand how to go from having a bad or even a so-so relationship to the one of your dreams, then I would love to speak with you. Head over to my website, mrspirituality.com. That's mrspirituality.com. And you'll find a big button there or a phone number. Just click or call and let's set up a free 20-minute consultation with you where you could speak to me or someone from our team one-on-one 
just you and us for 20 minutes where we can kind of guide you and show you how we can transform you into a relationship expert yourself. Again, it's a completely free consultation. Just head over to MrSpirituality.com. Again, that's MRSpirituality.com and click or call and we'll set something up for you right away.